welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. This life is absolutely insane. I know it's one of the most cliche things that have ever been said before, but if you put your mind to something, you can do it. This past week, I've realized that I used to listen to motivational speakers and say, you know, if you work hard, you're committed, you're consistent, you stay humble, things like that, good things will happen. And I used to think it was all bullshit until I really tried it and you can do it. You know, this goes out to anyone out there that's working a job that they hate right now and want to change what they're doing in life. If you're committed to it and stay in, work hard, write things down, figure things out, form relationships, you can do absolutely anything you want in this world. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. I didn't believe it until I just started following these rules myself and I'm starting to believe it now. It's quite incredible. Um, yeah, so that's all I'm going to say about that, but you can do anything you put your mind to. If you need help, just message me um, on Instagram or something. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out for you. But yeah, if you help people, people will help you. Form good relationships, work hard, stay humble. And once these things start happening to you, don't rest on them. Keep working because why not? What else are you going to do? All right, anyways, welcome back. Hi, Button. My name is Justin Belanger. If I didn't say that already, I have a terrible memory. I might have, I might not have. What's today, Tuesday? It is Tuesday. Tuesday, January 15th. It's 12.36 in the p.m. right now as I am doing this intro. It's sunny outside. It's beautiful. It's freezing. The lakes are frozen for sure. So if you got a pair of skates, a hockey stick, some gloves, a puck, and a lake, everyone has a lake, it's free. Just go find one. Go skate out there. Get, make some hot cocoa or something. Put it in a thermos. Go play some hockey after work. Actually, no. Well, I guess you can. You, you got to have some fun, I guess. Do whatever Do whatever the hell you want to do. All right. So today on the podcast, very excited about this get, guest, excuse me, Brett Evans. Brett is an entrepreneur and a marijuana activist. I'm sure it's been an exciting year for him due to the fact that marijuana has been legalized this past year. Also, yes, like I said, he's an entrepreneur. He has a product called the Dupe Tool. We're going to talk to him about that, see what it is and how it helps each and every single one of us. Um, my relationship with marijuana has been different. It's been on and off. Uh, some days I like it, some days I don't. So I'm excited to maybe get educated a little bit more on the topic. So Brett's here, going to be a good podcast, high button, you know what comes next. All right, Brett, we're going. Awesome, man, let's do it. I'm happy uh, you reached out, man. I, I love talking to people that have different uh, views on life and entrepreneurs as well, so love having you here, man. Awesome, man, thank you for having me. I was uh, shout out, uh, said, listen, let me give these guys a, a quick shout out and let me see if uh, they would look uh, looking to having me here. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that big time, and uh, I'm excited. So I go into the mic again? There yeah. we go. You're good there. Perfect. I'm sorry. I'm just so typical about the mic. I'm so no, it's all good, man. You, got, you know what's what to do. So. There you go. Cool. So you just booked the trip to Costa Rica yeah. on this freezing day. Was that spur of the moment? or was Yeah, that, it was actually you... Columbia. Columbia, sorry. Yeah, Columbia. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, no, it was spur of the moment. Um, Yes and no. I know we nor I normally go away around this time. Yeah. Um, been to a couple spots. So I said, well, listen, we haven't been to Columbia. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to shoot down there, me and uh, me and the girlfriend. And uh, yeah, so we're just seeing what's going on and check out Columbia, see how it is. Have you ever been there before? Never been there. Never been there. Uh, my girlfriend's from Mexico. Ooh. So I'm back and forth to Mexico quite a bit, but never been anywhere south of Mexico. So I said, 
Let's do it. We were gonna go. We were looking at Aruba at the beginning, but okay. then we said, "Listen, let's let's trash Aruba. Let's go over there." You ever you ever see the show Narcos? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It was terrible what happened, but beautiful country. Oh my gosh, looks 100%. amazing. Yeah. No, it's it was it's gorgeous. I mean, just everything from from you know the big kind of hacienda like plantations that they have. They're the biggest states that are going on there and different things. So it's yeah. like it's cool. I want to see. I want to go down there and see if like the Colombia that we see through the media. It's still the Columbia that's there, more just the way it looks and, and kind of how things uh, how things go when I, down there. So I had a guy on here, uh, Aaron Hoyles. He's a mm -hmm. hockey player. He's over in the Middle East over Christmas. Oh, yeah. And he said it was just, you know, the, what the media portrays over there to be yeah. dangerous, you know, scary people. It mm -hmm. was a great time. People were friendly, holding doors for him, saying, hello, how are you? It was just it was a big common one miss one big common common misconception. Hundred percent. He said he had a great time over there. And that's the thing. Like I've been to quite a few places, like through India and Egypt, and and I was in Egypt last year around this time. Oh, and and it was it, it it was that. I think we were going down. I mean, we had to like file with the Canadian government to say that like two Canadians are heading down to Egypt at this time and like so that they can keep like tabs on us and if anything happens down there they know they have like you know 25 Canadians that are tourists there yeah so um but we went down it was like so much different than I expected everyone's so welcoming everybody especially too when you say you're from Canada yeah. they say like there's so many Egyptians in Canada oh, my cousins in Canada my you know blah 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 is in Canada yeah. so I I found that they were very very welcoming maybe if you said you were from the United States or yeah. maybe you know what I mean maybe something might be different but for the most part with being down there not only is it an amazing country but the people were fantastic so unreal yeah. so i said in the intro here you know you're uh, is weed activist is that accurate yeah to um, say? yeah I, I say that i'm more i'm more headed out of the activist uh now that cannabis is legal um i i would say more of a cannabis entrepreneur now okay. um i was i started kind of an advocacy activist group back in 2014 well let's talk cannabis. about that because yeah. it must be a rewarding year for you right now very, very much so. It's almost like uh, it's surreal in some ways, for yeah. sure. So, um, yeah, back in 2014, I was in real estate. So I was slanging houses all around and yeah. everything was great. And then I said, you know what? Listen, I have this idea. I want to move forward with trying to connect um, cannabis patients, people that want to know more about cannabis as an alternative medicine. Let's connect them to physicians that are, that are educated in cannabis and that at least can be able to write their prescription and get their license for them. Because I found I have arthritis and I was trying to move forward with just speaking to somebody. I wasn't even going to get my license at this point, but just more talking to a physician to kind of understand how things were. Mm. And uh, I couldn't find anybody. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody said, listen, don't even come in here if you want to talk about cannabis or getting licensed or anything. So I said, well, if I'm in this position... How many other people are in this position? So I started to go around and, and uh, you know, call people and talk to different clinics kind of around Canada and said, if I bring people your way, can you do kind of a telemedicine Skype interview with a physician and they can get more information about doing this? So they said, yeah, we're definitely very interested in that. You didn't see any clinics around Nova Scotia at this point and things were kind of very spread out when it came to, uh, to cannabis education. So that's what we did. So we would find people in Halifax and around, basically around the Atlantic provinces, and we would send them to these different physicians, and they would get more information on cannabis, and they would, you know, understand that it's not this very, you know, that, you know, the media makes it out to be one thing, but what it really is and how it can really help somebody is a totally different thing. So, you know, I've done, you know, 
cannabis marches and I've done all of these different things that are kind of, you know, these activists, different planting cannabis seeds in, in, um, you know, the, uh, city hall, like the city building and Have you? yeah, doing different things just to kind of remove, try to remove that stigma. And if you plant, you know, a cannabis seed next to a tulip, a, a tulip is normalized. Maybe it'll normalize just the face of cannabis a bit. So these little kind of, um, you know, things that I've done back in the day, but, uh, we, we switched gears once kind of, we saw that things were moving. Well, you know, now things are moving and now the talk is, is, you know, people are starting to have this talk. So let's keep moving forward with it and, and let's see what we can accomplish with it. Right. So that's really cool, man. Yeah. You, you must have, in order to have the passion that you have, it must have helped your life in, in a way that was incredible. A hundred Like if you're going to dedicate your life to something like this, the marijuana, the plant must mm-hmm. have done something to you that have just it changed your life. That's, that's what I'm assuming. A hundred percent. Like you couldn't be any more right. It's like I, uh, so I have arthritis. I was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis when I was seven. Yeah. So I was battling with like chronic pain from a very young age and trying to understand what inflammation was and how I can soothe it and everything. At the same time, get this, at the same time, I was born with one kidney. So I got a lot going on. So, so you can't drink that much. Well, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it doesn't stop me too much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the doctors say not to drink too much. But, um, so the big thing was is that the anti-inflammatory medication that they were giving me for my arthritis mm. affected my kidney. So they said to me at a, at a certain point, listen, the only thing that we can do for you is give you cortisone. We'll just hit you a cortisone a couple times a year. I don't think you can even have it more than three or four times a year because it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty crazy thing to put in you. So I said, well, listen, like, there's got to be a different way. There's got to be something else that I could be able to use. I had a friend of mine say, listen, this is THC cream. It doesn't get you high. You're going to rub it on the different spots where you feel that inflammation and maybe something will happen. Mm. I have no option. So I got to try something. So I did it and I couldn't believe it. I like... When you battle with chronic pain from a young age and it, it turns out to where it becomes a norm, you know, it just becomes your normal life, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you come accustomed to the pain. You wake up, you feel it. You wake up, you feel it. I mean, I was 20, around 2021 20, when I started to really, it was really affecting me. I was in real estate. I was mobile all the time, but I was eating really unhealthy and it was just a bad lifestyle. And I'd have to like wake my girlfriend up in the morning to like put my socks on and shit. And it was just like... This isn't not the way that I see myself like at 21, at 21, man, you know? So it was like, this is, this is crazy. Yeah. Something has to happen. So I said, you know, let's try this cannabis, this, this ointment. Uh, I put it all over my knees and my ankles where I'm most affected. And I say probably within three days to, to a week, I went right back to where I was before I was even diagnosed with arthritis. Like, and I was trying to, now my, now my new, it's almost weird because you're, you almost, you don't know where you stand because you're used to pain for so long and used to this uncomfort type of thing. And, you know, I just always knew I couldn't put my own socks on. I always knew that, that these types of things were hard to do. So now they're not. So this was your life changing experience that made you dedicate a big part of your life to the plant. hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This was kind of the, the paramount shift and everything. And how old were you? Sorry. I was 20, 20, about 20 when, when this kind of, this happened Um, before that, I only thought of cannabis kind of recreational. I'd smoke it at a party or something. I was, wasn't a huge cannabis consumer, but it was just something that was around and, yeah. you know, it was kind of, it was what it was, but yeah. I never looked at it as something that could be medical or something that could actually help me in a different way. You know what I mean? So do you think that 
due to the fact that it took such a long time for marijuana to come out and become legal and mm-hmm. you know i was in the lineup the other day with a buddy and you're seeing lawyers doctors in the lineup it's a whole group of people it's amazing mm-hmm. what happens now everyone's coming out and just saying you know everyone everyone smokes it regular recreationally it's mm-hmm. amazing do you think the stigma of the lazy stoner had mm-hmm. anything to do with the delay of it coming out or do you think it was money in the government I guess that's my question. I'm a little bit cons- uh, confused of why it took such a long time to be legalized. Yeah. And I know people like you that are educated on the matter, myself, mm-hmm. not so much. I was mm-hmm. just wondering if you had the answer to what you think it would be. Yeah, I guess def- definitely my answer would be kind of what I would think or just being surrounded in this industry or surrounded by people. I would kind of, you know, get my own type of opinion. Yeah. I think that it really had to do with, I think when you look at the stigmatization of cannabis and then the actual legalization of cannabis, I think you have to separate it. I think the stigmatization is very surrounded with um, the perception that people have. So the Canadians would have on the actual plant. And the legalization was more a lot to do with just the government having to um, go forth with what the people wanted. So a lot of the, you look at Justin Trudeau from the very start, he said, you know, I'm going to legalize cannabis in Canada. That was kind of the, what he, you know, the basis of when he was running, this is what something that he was saying. But if you look before that, when I got in, when I started the Canadian Pro Cannabis Group, which was the group that connected patients and physicians, uh, we had Harper as prime minister. But even then, who was a conservative and very, very you know, tough on cannabis, we still had one of the best medical cannabis programs going. We were still one of the first countries federally to, ha- to implement a medical cannabis program. Um, so I think that it was only the next step for legal. Like legalization had to go the next step. A lot of people say, well, why didn't we decriminalize it and then recreationalize it? You know, have it go like kind of step by step. Mm. But I don't think that people wanted that. I think that people said, you know what? We want legal cannabis. Cannabis is a, is a huge, like Canadians in cannabis is very big. Like we have a very rich cannabis culture Do in we? Canada. Yeah, very, very like much. Meaning like people, a lot of people grow it here? Is that a lot of mean? people grow it. We have genetics that are, that are specific to Canada that, you know, are known all around the world. A lot of people know like BC Bud, different things like that. Like we, we have have a, a very rich cannabis culture yeah um whether you're talking about you know old back in the day old smuggling routes from you know from canada and the united states and That's different wicked. things yeah so there's a lot of history and a lot of people when you talk to them around the world whether you're in amsterdam or wherever a lot of people say oh canada you know the cannabis there and they'll rhyme off a bunch of different things right like you know uh Tommy Chong's Canadian, you know, so yeah, yeah. So they look at those things and they're like, holy smokes, you know, you guys have a lot. So I think it was just kind of Trudeau knew what we wanted. We wanted, people said we wanted to, like the polls were showing that, you know, we were in favor of legalizing cannabis and at least stop, um, you know, arresting people for small, minute, um, you know, having, you know, possession of a couple grams or whatever. I I think that the legal system is very, very much trying to, you know, no pun intended, but weed out, you know, those type of small things. And they're saying we're, you know, gumming up our judicial system because of things that, you know, people don't need to spend any time in jail for. No. When it comes to the stigmatization, definitely. Like, I think even still today, and this is a very big part of what I do now with Dube Tool and what I was doing with, with the Canadian Pro Cannabis Group is trying to end that stigma. Um, trying- you're doing it right now, by the way. I was going to say you're a very well-spoken individual. Thank you. Like before I didn't even met you, mm-hmm. I, I, I know who you were, but mm-hmm. when I looked at you, I was like, oh, this guy likes weed. He's probably mm-hmm. a little slow. You know, he's mm-hmm. just a hippie having fun guy. I'll That's admit it. that. Yeah. But talking to you now, you completely, uh, you, you flipped my switch and wow, like 
very, very impressive. So awesome, man. Well, I, I thank I thank you for that. And, no worries. And, and, and I think a lot of the time too, um, you know, people people would assume that just Definitely. for being in the industry or seeing me or kind of seeing how I do, very laid back guy. So it's like you know, people kind of get that opinion, and I'm 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 glad that I'm I've I've put myself in the position to kind of be able to change minds, and that's the big thing about this is is being able to kind of go in and say, you know what. You know, if I show cannabis to you in a different way, maybe you'll understand it in a different way. Mm. And that's kind of the the premise of what I've been working at since 2014 and um, trying to eliminate this stigma. I think it's an amazing drug, but I do think that there are people out there that are like when I used it when I was younger, there were times where I became paranoid and went home in my bed and just freaked out. Mm-hmm. But I knew that there were people out there that knew this drug. I don't want to say drug plant. Mm-hmm more than I did. And if I was able to use it in the right way, mm-hmm. it would benefit me. So mm-hmm. THC, I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but the CBD stuff mm-hmm. with the body high, I, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. When I lived out in British Columbia, mm-hmm. like you said, BC Bud, I was probably in one of the, I was probably in the best shape of my life due to the fact that I would get high and go to the gym, mm-hmm. run on the treadmill for an hour, then lift weights for another hour. Mm-hmm. It, it focused me in a way I've never been focused before. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that was because the guy, shout out to Steve, I think his name was, he educated me for like 30 minutes on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, so what are you looking to do? I'm like, well, you know, to be quite honest, I don't want to, I don't want to sit down. I'm not a guy to, if I sit down for 30 minutes, I'll go crazy. So I told him that. And he's like, all right, so you want to be up, you want to move. Mm-hmm. And I'd take two hits of the joint and just three hits of the joint, four hits, whatever, and just go have one of the most amazing workouts of my entire mm-hmm. life. And from that day forward, I was like, okay, if I'm ever going to move forward with this drug and experiment more with it, I want to have people like yourself mm-hmm. around me to educate me on it. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people are telling me at the new NSLC, that there's people that are working there that are just kids and they don't know what they're talking about. Do you want to talk about that? Is is there, is there anything there to talk about? Yeah, definitely. I think that, I think that's the big thing about cannabis. Like legalization is, is that's, that's the overriding thing with legalization is where's the education coming? Yeah. Um, this has been not only, um, it, the plant is very, the, the, there's a lot of misconception with it. And that's because of where it came from. I mean, you came from, it's a subculture and a lot of people, you know, instead of going to the liquor store and understanding, you know, okay, if you went up to a liquor store employee and you said, listen, like I've never drank before in my life, what should I do? They'd yeah. walk you right over to the beer or something, you know, a pilsner, like here's like a 4% or something, 5%, you know, try this out, have a couple beers, see what you like, and then work your way up. Yeah. And then at some point, maybe you can go to you know say hi to the captain at some point or whatever (laughs) but you know it's like they uh but there wasn't that type of education with cannabis you just went to the local guy that you knew yeah you grabbed your cannabis you rolled a huge joint and you smoked all of it and that's what i hated exactly because that just drove me my head just was like i can't do this anymore like you know that's what i hated for somebody that's a cannabis entrepreneur advocate activist what have you I don't consume cannabis that way now. I didn't before, and it's for that exact reason. Really? It's for, I can't just sit down and roll this huge joint, smoke it to my head, and then think everything is going to be fine. No, I'll get anxious. I'll get paranoid. Yeah. I'll get jittery. I'll get whatever. So what I tend to do is microdose, just like you would you know, if you have something that with a high percent of THC, you take a little pipe. You might have one or two hits yeah. or a roll a joint. You might only, you know, one or two hits from that. And that's good. And I can get to a point where I can be creative. I can work on the business. I can work on whatever. And I can have conversations. I can answer the phone. I can do different things and not have that worry of, oh, you know, I'm too high for the, do I look high? Do I smell high? You know what I mean? Yeah. These types of things. So it's really coming down to the education and it's really showing 
cannabis for what it really is and understanding that there's different ways to use it just like there would be alcohol some people like to have a glass of wine at the end of the night and one bottle of wine might last them a week and a half or a week you know one gram of cannabis for somebody that uses it in a certain way might last a week or two weeks where another person could roll a gram up in one in one go and you know what i mean sit there and rip it so it's like it just depends on how you want and knowing that you use cannabis to the way that it works best for you. And that's the thing I think is most exciting about the plant is that there's ways that it can benefit you. Imagine going into a social conversation, not feeling anxiety, but feeling comfortable and loose. Mm-hmm. It's almost like having like a, that one, two beer buzz. Mm-hmm. That's I had a, a drop of THC oil once just mm-hmm. on my tongue. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a drop. Mm-hmm. One of them, first of all, one of the best sleeps I've ever had. And just one of the best days it was in the summertime like Mm -hmm. mid-august i remember walked down to the waterfront and it was just an amazing experience i still haven't done it to this day i don't know why Mm -hmm. but that excites me exactly just all the options Mm -hmm. have you ever been to amsterdam no i have never been to amsterdam first time i ever got high was in amsterdam oh yeah i guess that's a great place to do it great i was actually after graduation so great after grade 12 Mm -hmm. me and alex affairs ben richardson yeah yeah we went out i shouldn't have said their names whatever (laughs) and we just we right then and there in amsterdam we're like all right we're gonna do it for the first time we'll do it right here and it was it was quite incredible so get there if you can 100 percent. it's definitely on the list for sure yeah you just go right in front of a cop you just smoke a joint you're like yeah to do it's what it time. is, right? It and, that, is. and that's what it is. And, 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 you know, I think when we get to a, a point where cannabis can be celebrated, knowing that if I choose to consume cannabis, I'm not a bad person or I'm not a lazy person or, you know, this person smokes can. Oh, you know, he must be a loser. Or he must, you know, be very demotivated in his life. Yeah. Um, just like somebody would say to me, well, I don't smoke cannabis, but I like to have a drink now and then. Perfect. If that's what works for you and that's what you like. I think everybody in this uh, human nature is just to try to take the edge off. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, we, we all, we're all going through something. So it's to kind of take that little, that little vice to try to take that edge off and whatever way you use it, um, you know, it's very important to understand what works for you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I liked it. I, I, after I started, when I kind of looked at it more in a recreational sense, it was great because I was in real estate. And I real estate's an early morning game. You got to be it? up early. You're getting phone calls all the time. So I couldn't be hung over. You know, if I wake up and I have to go show a property and I'm not feeling the best or I'm, you know, kind of off, that's the opportunity out the window when I had that one shot and you're working on commission. So everything counts, right? So, you know, I could have that buzz at night with the boys or whatever and then wake up in the morning, have a great sleep and then wake up in the morning and feel fine and feel refreshed. Well, hey, let's go and, you know, let's let's look more into this. So it's definitely uh, the big thing is education and the big thing is just knowing how it works for you and not, not kind of playing into the norm where, you know, consuming cannabis. Well, if I consume cannabis, I have to smoke a huge joint. Well, no, that's not the way it is. You can take small dose edibles. You can take oil. You can take a one hitter or whatever. Whatever works for you works for you. So uh, ending that stigma is big and that education is even bigger. Unreal. Let's talk about your company, Doob yeah. Tool. Tell mm-hmm. the people a little bit about it. So Doob Tool, um, we're the first cannabis multi-tool in Canada. Um, wow. We're the second um, cannabis. We were the second designed in, in all of the world. Um, so we're, we're kind of in this space where I had this idea for a tool because, again, um, I live an active lifestyle. I love to hike and camp yeah. and I'd be, I'm out a, a quite a bit. I'm um, snowshoe, everything. So it was, I found that I, and I would consume a lot when I would be in these places. So I'd be in the woods. Sometimes I'd go alone. Sometimes I would just go for a walk or I'd have my notebook and I'd just be writing ideas or whatever. And I would consume out there, but I found it was very difficult. I had things like I'd be picking sticks up off the ground to help me, you know, roll it, whatever. So I thought I'm going to go buy 
there must be like a multi-tool, like a Swiss army knife for cannabis because it's very accessory based. Cannabis always has many accessories that kind of help it. So I went home and jumped on the computer and tried to look for something. Oh, I couldn't find anything. So I said, well, if there's nothing, even if there was one out there, then that means that there's only one in the world or one, you know, let me see what I could do. So I said, well, you know, I've always kind of jot down ideas and always kind of moving on to the next thing. So I, uh, if I was going to design it, how would it look? How would it feel? How you're, would it act? You're such an entrepreneur. Like that's just what an entrepreneur would do. <laughs> exactly. Like, all right, I got to get on this. Exactly. Like, and you know what? It was, it was funny because when I designed it, I sat down, it was kind of a weird situation because it was Christmas time. My girlfriend was in Mexico. My parents were in Cape Breton and I had to work. So I was at home alone. So I was kind of in this little like somber mood, kind of like, oh, I'm by myself here. You know, like if I'm going to do something, let me, you know, let me kill some time. Yeah. So I just designed this thing the way I would think it would be done or the way at least I would want it to be done. And, uh, made a prototype. I'm a very visual learner. So I cut a shoe box up and with duct tape and everything. And I made this prototype and, and I thought, okay, this is cool, but I have no money and I don't have any resources in product development or, you know, I don't know any engineers to put this together. So I put it up on the shelf and I said, well, you know what? I'm going to start this other thing that I have. And this is the Canadian pro cannabis group. And I'm going to move forward with this. And what this is going to do is get me in the door with cannabis consumers and people in the industry, but it's also going to allow me to build a database and I'm going to build clients and customers and different people that I know so that when I go to launch Tool, I'll at least have something to launch it off of. And so that's what I did. I went forward with that and uh, met up with a business partner who's my business partner now. And I kind of pitched them an idea of the Canadian Pro Cannabis Group. Listen, do you want to get on board with this? I need help. This is moving very quick. He said, yeah, 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 for sure. This is awesome. I'd love to do this. I said, I also have this other idea as well. It's called Tool, and it's a cannabis case. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Forget about the Canadian Pro Cannabis Group. We have to move forward with the dupe tool. So I said, okay, well, let's, let's move forward. And for three years, it was just crawling our way through product development. I had no understanding of product development before. I didn't know anybody that did. Couldn't really reach out to anybody that had you know, successfully made a product when you're talking about molds and different polymer and metal and different things. So it, was, it took a long time, but it was more just to educate myself um, I knew that kind of the end point that we were trying to be finished around would be legalization. And at this point, Trudeau was just starting and legalization was going to be looming in 20, you know, seven, or 2018 at some point. Um, so, yeah, so we got it to a point where we prototyped it a few times, um, like six times, and then finally came out to, okay, this is where we want it to be. And uh, we moved forward with manufacturing and now it's, a, now it's a thing. So it's pretty surreal to see my room full of, of boxes and uh, you know, to actually have it from an idea to where it's a tangible. What do you think the biggest challenges were from the shoebox prototype mm -hmm. to now of getting that off the ground? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I could go on forever with that. You got to name just one, like the, maybe two. I two would of the say, biggest. I would say trying to battle the government for patents and for trademarking. I think that's huge. Like a lot of people see cannabis as being legal now, but they don't realize that there's so many regulations that are still backpacking off the old, off the legality, mm -hmm. the illegality of cannabis. Um, that's the hard thing. Like I can give you an example of one. We were launching an Indiegogo campaign. What's that? Uh, crowdfunding. Okay. Um, and so like GoFundMe more okay, or less. Okay, so we, okay. we put it out there. We put a video, put the whole thing together. Everything was great. Indiegogo contacted us and said, we're going to be pulling your, um, your campaign because you are offering a cannabis accessory. We run off a federal platform and your paraphernalia under this federal platform in the United States. 
So we had to be really tricky and really creative. And at the end of the day, it just turned out to be very confusing for the person that was looking at it yeah. being like, you know, um, in the could, middle of that, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Could you say like, could, it could be like a tobacco roller. Exactly. But what we wanted to do is we, we wanted to be in the cannabis space. Every, I thought okay. to me, it was That's almost, fair. it was almost like a sellout. If I said, you know, this is a, a tobacco tool. Yeah. We were, we were aiming to be in the cannabis industry. We knew it was going to go legal in Canada. So we didn't want to, uh, you know, I'd almost rather not have it than have it that way. That's so fair. we, um, we got contacted actually in the middle of our campaign. So we got, we were getting attacked by the, you know, from, from Indiegogo on one side. And then the government gave us our trademark for dupe tool. Oh, so they, the, really Perfect. the Canadian government, the Canadian government wow. gave it to us. So we were like, great. You know, we're happy. We're celebrating. Everything is good. In the middle of our campaign, which would have been about two months after we got that trademark, they contacted us. Our lawyer contacted us and said, listen, the Canadian government reviewed your, your application again. And they, they they said they, they're sorry, but they prematurely issued you a trademark and they're actually pulling it. So I said, well, this is crazy. I'm, I'm public. Everything is out there now. You know, it's, it's, everybody can see this and now you're, we have no protection over the name. This is super scary. So after appeal, after appeal, after appeal, 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 uh, we got it again. Um, but when it's, I say appeal, appeal, that's a lot of time and money. Like you're paying a, a lawyer to appeal and to, you know, to revise and then reappeal and revise and reappeal. So these are the types of things that, that were very, very difficult. Um, same with our trademarks, where trademarks, we ran into a lot of problems. We appealed it, finally got it, but again, very expensive and something that most people in any other traditional industry, any other entrepreneur in any other traditional industry wouldn't have to go through those hurdles. Right. So you know what you are, you're a pioneer. I don't know. I, I think I, you are. Yeah. You, 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 you paved a highway for mm -hmm. some people to come up and do what you want to do due to the fact now it's legal mm -hmm. and they can follow in your footsteps. Yeah. You're a pioneer. Well, that's it, incredible. That's amazing to hear. And I hope that, uh, you know, I hope I can kind of live up to that or I can at least, you know, keep moving forward. There's still a ton of hurdles that we're running into every day. Like, like what? Not being able to sponsor posts on Instagram or Facebook. Why not? They run off a federal U.S. platform and we're still Jeez, illegal. I never yeah. thought of that. Anything that runs off a federal U.S. platform, we are not allowed to do anything thing that is you know we're allowed to be on instagram of course we're allowed to be on facebook we we're not ads. we can't have anything done with them um yeah just many things bank a lot of banks won't touch us actually we at the back end of our website we had um our, our service provider our payment provider that would take all of the payment through our website they contacted us on friday and told us there's they're canceling our subscription and canceling everything on the back end because again they run off a federal platform so so there's still a fight a hundred percent Still 100%. Fight. Yeah, 100%. So we, but we look at it. I mean, the things that we've gotten over so far were huge. I mean, the Canadian government, going up against the Canadian government and trying to get patents and trying to get different things. I mean, you know, once you get around that, you almost feel like, you know, if anything else comes in, like we're, yeah. we can get around it. So we're not stopping. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, if anything, it motivates us more. And uh, knowing that, um, you know, you can get around anything and that, you know, you, you know, and once you get around that, you get that, that momentum and you're like, yeah. yes, like, let's keep going. Like we got around this one. I thought this was dead in the water, but yeah. it's not, we're, we're still breathing here. So let's keep on moving. Right. Where do you think your attitude and all this comes from? You have a very positive attitude. It seems like you're very optimistic. Mm -hmm. Most people, when they run into a wall, they give up and turn around and do something else. But it mm -hmm. seems like you, like I said, you're a pioneer. You keep pushing, mm -hmm. you know, where does that, where does that come from? Is it your parents? Is it your surroundings? Is it your girlfriend? Mm -hmm. uh, where, where does that come from? You think it's, it's, it's hard. A lot of people ask me that question you know being like i was in real estate started in real estate when i was 19 yeah. so it's like you know a lot of people ask me when why why so young why why did you get like this and i i think i think it's because i didn't really have much to rely on 
you know, I grew up in the North End, middle income family, you know, working class family. My parents didn't have a lot of connections. They didn't have the money to kind of give me to go forward or do anything like that. So I realized at a really early age that if I wanted anything, I'd have to put probably 200% of my effort into it than, you know, versus some other people that would only have to put a hundred or whatever into it. And I realized the harder that I worked, even if at the end of the day, it didn't turn out the way I wanted, at least I, I, I gained lessons and I was okay, I won't make this mistake again. I won't do this. And I was kind of able to move forward with that. I think at the same time, I was around a group of people that pushed me, you know, the boys from the North end, they were, you know, they, they were always, they always rallied behind me. Listen, if you, if you think you can do it, you can go and do it, go out there and, you know, get this done. And, you know, you have a lot of support that way. Great group of guys, by the way, yeah, thank we're up you. with them as well. In the hockey community, great mm-hmm. group of guys. That's it. And, and, yeah. you know, when you come around, when you, when you come around, when you're surrounded with people with, with, you know, that type of, um, mindset and you're surrounded with people that are, are going to get things, whether it's hockey, whether, you know, work careers, whatever, you know, you get that push from them. I was always a little different than them. I was kind of, you know, I dressed different, act different, thought different, but they always embraced me. And that was amazing. They always made sure, listen, Brett, like if anyone's going to do it, you're going to go out there and do it and do your thing. So, um, I don't know. I, I guess that I just realized at a really early age that if I want something, I'm going to have to go out there and get it. It's not going to fall on my lap. I mean, you, you could understand that. I mean, you know, high button doesn't just, you know, happen. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Just doesn't fall on your lap. You have to put in a lot of work. And if you want to get somebody on, you have to go out and approach that person and you know i i I think that you could have a a good understanding of that and and Mm. um just that go-getter mindset i think is huge Mm. um i can't pinpoint it to one thing but there's many things in my life that kind of accumulated to get me to where i'm at today that's wicked man that's a great answer it seems like the community that you're in it seems like there's a lot of people trying to fight the same fight that you're trying to fight so the networking opportunity not networking but relationship building uh you know, you're saying you're trying to build a platform for a dupe tool and along that way you're trying to meet people. So when you have it ready to go, you're able to grow this thing Mm -hmm. or this product, excuse me. Talk about that, the process of just, you must've traveled everywhere and met some amazing people. Um, any, anyone top of your head that you've met maybe out in Ottawa during a rally? I don't know anything like that. Yeah, definitely. I think like, I think down to where, you know, the, the, the activists, I mean, those, that's the core of the most passionate people. It doesn't matter what activists you're talking about. These are people that aren't getting paid to do this, that aren't gaining anything other than the, you know, moving forward or the progression of whatever their passion is. So that you get that type of integrity from those people and them just talking to you and telling you about different things. And, and the, the, you know, everybody relies on each other. I think again, too, I was invited to uh, the world cannabis Congress in St. John. Get out of here. Yeah. So, and, and I met a lot of people that was kind of the, the congregation of kind of different, um, you know, people, whether it be entrepreneurs, uh, policymakers, you know, different people coming together, whether in cannabis or not, um, you, you know, meeting people from Japan and, you know, different places. And, and you're, you're looking at them and they're all looking at us going like, Canada did it so right. Like you guys are, you know, rocking and whatever you guys are moving forward with, move forward with, with vigor because, you know, you guys are in the, in the space right now to do this um, where, you know, somebody in Japan wouldn't be or somebody even in the United States wouldn't be. I would love to see someone from Japan and Newfoundland. Oh, 100%. Imagine that, eh? That's hilarious. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was, uh, it was a kind of a bizarre moment, if you, if, yeah, if you will. Like, like it, it. It, you know, you're you're with a lot of suits, a lot of people in suits, a lot of you know, kind of corporate, you know, straight people. And then, you know, I can I can remember one point where uh, we were actually um, in the back. There was a, um, uh, I guess, a party after one of the events. Yeah. And I went out back, and you know, I'm not a huge drinker, so I kind of have like one beer or whatever, and lit up a joint. Yeah. And uh, everyone kind of like 
it was kind of giggly. It was like almost like back in high school or back in junior. And I kind of came over to me. And I said, you know, do you want to try some? Well, I don't know. And my wife and da-da-da. And I'm just like, well, listen, it's the Cannabis Congress. And if you don't, that, that's not a problem at all. I'm not going to force anybody yeah. to do anything. But if you want to try it, this is the per, you know percentage of THC. I would suggest if it's your first time to take a small puff and see how you feel. Yeah. And uh, you had a lot of people coming after the next day. Oh, man. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah, so it was cool. I think you got to put yourself out there. And uh, I was terrified to go. I didn't believe that I should be there. I didn't believe that. How old were you? Um, I was, this was last year, I was 25. Dude, you, you deserve to be there. So I, I guess I guess that's just self-dote as well. You know, I think everybody goes through that, whether it's, you know, you know, right before a big game, hockey game or something, mm. you, or, you know, you get called up to the next, uh, to the next, you know, tier and you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're nervous. You don't know if you, you know, if you can stand with these guys, right? But those are the moments that turn you into someone better. The reason why I asked that question is because my favorite part of the high button is just meeting so many people and networking, mm. building relationships, asking for favors, doing favors. It's things like that, that mm. just make me wake up just so happy to do what I love. It's, it's just things like that that I love. So when I ask you that question, mm -hmm. it's just due to the fact that it's my favorite part. Mm -hmm. And when you say about being in situations that make you nervous, those mm -hmm. are, I was in a boardroom the other day mm -hmm. with some big wigs mm -hmm. and I'm just sitting there in my dress shirt, got ketchup stain on my shirt. You know, I'm just there. <laughs> I'm not really supposed to be there, but mm -hmm. for some reason I'm there. And I'm just like, well, why? I'm in the middle of the meeting and after, I was like, why am I here? Mm -hmm. You know, why am I in this situation? And I think it's just because if you're passionate about one thing mm -hmm. and you're able to put yourself in situations where you're scared and you don't think you belong, mm -hmm. good things will happen. So I just remember sitting there and th these people talking to me like I deserve to be there. And it was just such a rewarding feeling. And, you know, I, I just feel like what you're doing and what you're going through. And even though the fight is still there, I just couldn't imagine the the amount of reward that you feel on mm -hmm. a day to day basis when when some things go through, some things don't. But mm -hmm. it's the fight and the fight is what makes you happy. And the fact that you're still fighting, you must be a happy guy. That's it. A hundred percent. I wake up. I, I, I can truly say and I, and and and. I'm blessed to say it in a way I wake up, you know, very refreshed and very, um, you know, secure in what I'm doing and what I want to move forward with. I, I couldn't imagine waking up and kind of not being in the place that you want to be no. and kind of feeling this stuck feeling is almost, it's so scary for me to feel that I almost try to do everything I can to not. Mm. Um, and whether that's a good or bad thing, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll understand a little later in my life, yeah. but, um, I, I think, you know, just what, you know, to touch on your point as well is to, to, you know, be to, to reach out to people and to do different things. I think at the beginning, I realized that I didn't really have much to offer but myself. You know, this was before Dube Tool. This was before, you know, anything. So it's like, listen, man, like, you know, if you just, I would tell people like that would be having events at, you know, a, a clinic or wherever. I'd say, listen, I'll just be ahead here. Like, I'll just sit. If you need people to show up for something or, man, if you want me to clean the place before, I will do that just to be in amongst you guys and listen and have that ear. And, you know, you know, something like I would ask in return is like, you know, I have 10 questions. And if you could answer these 10 questions, then, then that's all I would need to be fulfilled on my end. And those are the types of things that you have to go and get what you want. No one is going to give it to you. So if that means you have to go... A, work for free, B, you know, volunteer, or C, just like grind out and sweep someone's floor or clean mm. something or do whatever. Yeah. And that's what you have to do in order to get to that position. Um, but keep keep a good understanding of what value you bring as well. I think that's a, you know, you don't want to be running around doing things for other people that don't, you know, you want to, you want to understand your value and know that at the end of the day, two people are coming together, whether you're helping them with something, that they can also help you with something. And that's where the 10 questions would come. Mm. You know, can you answer these 10 questions? And then I would have some 
type of, you know, ammo. I would go out there and go, cool, I learned something from this. I got something in return for what I gave and, you know, let's keep it moving. So that's yeah. the, that's the big thing. And, and, you know, um, anybody that's, you know, not even young entrepreneur, but anybody that's really trying to go get anything, whether it be an entrepreneur, whether it be, you know, you want to, you want to hit that fitness goal, whatever it is, have to go out there and get it and trust the process. So the thing I like about what you're saying is that you sold yourself. You're, mm-hmm. you're giving yourself because mm-hmm. that's all you have. That's one thing I do every day. Look at me. I'm myself. Exactly. I'm selling myself. Mm-hmm. Another thing I like to do is sell time. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, the high button, we don't have products. We have some t-shirts, but mm-hmm. we're not making money off mm-hmm. it. But what I do have, I have time. Mm-hmm. I have microphones. I have resources. I have things that I can offer. So anyone out there that's listening and you're thinking, you know, I don't have a dupe tool. I don't have a high button. Okay. Well, what do you have? You have a hockey stick. Do you know how to shoot a puck? Maybe your neighbor's kid sucks at shooting pucks. Go over to your neighbor, knock on the door, be like, hey, little Bobby, what are you doing? Let me, let's go practice your wrist shot. The dad notices that. Hey, do you think you could do that? I'll give you 20 bucks a week. It's things like that, the top of your head that you just got to do. You, you, you overthink shit. You, 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 don't, like, you don't have to work at McDonald's. You don't have to work at Subway. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's opportunities everywhere. I'm at Colonial Honda, Honda today getting my car fixed. I'm sitting there for an hour. I'm looking at the sales manager office. He's just sitting in there doing nothing. I go knock on the door. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I Justin Belanger. Hi, Button. Can I tell you a little bit about what I do? I sit there, have a 20, 30-minute conversation with the guy. That's a that's a, a relationship made just from sitting in a lobby instead of looking at my phone on Instagram, looking at girls. I'm in the sales office talking to Steve about maybe buying some advertising for the high button. Mm -hmm. You always have to be thinking. You have to constantly be thinking 24-7 around what's going on. You could be working at a construction zone, see that a guy has a bad leg and just be like, hey man, I'll help you out here. Take the day off. Maybe this guy owns a lawn lawn mower that he'll give to you. Like just the, the possibilities are endless and if you have that one track mind that can really, 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 really limit you. Mm -hmm. If you just kind of let go of everything and just think of life as a I don't know, what am I trying to say? Like free moving, like a, you help me, I'll Com- help you. Comes and goes, yeah. Comes everything, and goes everything type comes thing. around, right? And I, I used to listen to people talk about this and just think, you know, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to do this and then it's going to come back to me. But it, it does. Mm-hmm. It, it's an it's an incredible, incredible market, an incredible world that we live in. And that's what I like about getting older is mm-hmm. you, you, when I was younger, you know, you don't believe these things. But when you get older, you start to figure these things out. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm afraid of age. No, I can't wait to be 40. I'm going to be so much better than who I am now. You know, you just, it, it's things like that, that I just love about this. And mm-hmm. when I hear you talk, I hear the exact same passion. And it's great to hear, even though you and I aren't in the same business, which mm-hmm. I guess we could be, mm-hmm. but it's just great to hear that people on your end are doing the exact same thing on my end so i I love to hear that man no that's amazing you know and it's almost fuel when i hear somebody else you know kind of knowing that they can relate in the same way i think that's a big thing like you know it, it does like you know, even talking about, you know, seeing somebody with a bad leg, telling him to, you know, take the day off and then you get a lawnmower. Like people don't understand that that's how it happens. It doesn't, it's not, you know, you, you know, you get hired by this big company and then you make a bunch of money and everything is, it doesn't work like that. When you want it, when you want something, you'll find it in the most obscure place. That's at least in my opinion. And at least in my situation, you know, how, you know, you know, shaking somebody's hand or helping somebody do something. And, oh, what's your name? Oh, my name is Brett. You know, oh, what do you do? Da, 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 da. And then it turns into you getting a phone call or an email and then a situation presents itself and you're like, holy smokes. Like I wouldn't have thought by helping somebody care groceries to their house that this would be the result, but it does. And that's what happens. And as long as you have the mindset to be open enough to know that this is how it works, you'll find yourself doing all kinds of crazy stuff just to make sure that, you know, you're seen or that, that, you know, you, you make 
sure that you're open to those opportunities. And I think it's, it's, it's amazing. And at least it's been working out for me. Yeah, so I'm of happy. Course. And when those opportunities come, you just got to be ready. Mm-hmm. And if you stay sharp, you'll be ready and you'll take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, and that's the big thing is, is a lot of people say like, Oh, I don't have opportunity or no opportunity presents itself. It's like, but are you understanding what the opportunities are like you a lot of people can look around like i i looked around and i said okay how can i do it with what i have and where i'm at right now you know i'm in i'm in a little apartment you know what i mean i don't have a warehouse i can't you know get a warehouse and do all of this like what can i do right now okay well i can get at least to this step okay perfect i created a logo okay now i have a friend of mine that said that hey man listen if you help me do this i'll create the logo for you bang now the logo is created i got a vectorized file boom 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 like i can literally think of where this started as in me just jotting in my notebook to now you know accepting you know shipments from overseas you know and that in that you know that uh that i guess process is something that is not planned. I didn't say, okay, well, then I'm going to do this and this is going to how it, and then the next thing. Mm. It just kind of unfolds. And sometimes, you know, you're putting fires out a lot of the time, but as long as you can stay motivated enough to know that once those fires are out, you still have that passion for it, mm. then, you know, put those fires out, keep moving forward, you know? Cool, man. Outside of all this, mm-hmm. I, know, I know you said you like to hike. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm really... I, I'm really involved in, in, in Dube Tool, of course, and yeah. I, I, I really try to, uh, to put a lot of effort and time into that. Um, you got to have an escape, though. A hundred percent. And I would say that it would be traveling. It would be kind of, um, it would be being in the outdoors, going for a hike, whether it's, you know, with friends, girlfriend, whatever, or by myself, which is great. I love to go out and reflect. Just go down there, sit what's going on, see if there's anything that I can recalibrate on my end. Um, and I find that's kind of just a peaceful time. I don't have any of the hustle and bustle. I live in the North End, so it's really busy. Um, Quick question about the North End. Did, yeah. they, did they put the rink up next to the fire station this year? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know if it's been there for a while or not. Oh, and, really? And, and, I used to love and that I, place. Yeah, I know. And, and it's like, that was childhood memories. But yeah. I think, um, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think they found kind of a conflict to somebody maintaining it. Um, and I mean that, you know, that happens, but, uh, I always thought it was the fire hydrant that took care of it. Cause they had the water, the hose. I thought I think, they just walked. Through. I thought, yeah. And I thought that, I know that was the way it was when I was younger, a yeah, lot younger. Um, but I think they more or less said, we'll provide, uh, we'll provide the hose. We'll provide the, the supplies. And then you have to find somebody so that can it. do it. Right. Okay. So, but I'm not sure I have to go check. I only live right around the corner, so I should know this. Do you? I love that neighborhood, man. You're right yeah. next to the rotary there. Walk down, get a slice at, uh, yeah. Mother's Pizza 100%. or what's it, Salvatore's? Salvatore's right in that. We're right in the Hydrostone area. Oh, and it's just like, I uh, love that area. It's a good vibe. It's funny because, you know, even growing up there when I was younger, um, you know, it was a tough neighborhood. And, and you know, um, you were you were always conflicted with, you know, growing up in the North End. You'd ask your friends from wherever, oh, come over to my place. Ah, you know, you can come, <laughs> you can come over here, though. You can come over to my place, you know. <laughs> so it's like, um, but I, I find that we've really, you know, taken on a, a, such a cool perspective of the North End, whether you have like, you know, the artsy community or whether you have kind of the artists and pizza, artists and food, you know, different things. So it's really turning into an awesome po- spot. A lot of families are starting to come. You're starting to see yeah. more kids now and yeah. stuff. So it's starting to, yeah. I remember being younger and I used to go to Rockingham School just down here, elementary, and not a lot happened. You know, it was kind of suburb kids, you know, polite not a lot of fights. So I remember always going to hockey and always asking the kids from the North End, hey, how was school today? Any, any fights? Anyone get kicked out of class? Because nothing really happened at my school. And I look back on this like a year ago when I first started the podcast. I was like, you know what? You've, you've liked to ask questions your entire life. Mm-hmm. You've loved it. You just never really realized it. I just I couldn't wait to get to hockey to talk to the Roskies or mm-hmm. Jared Grant and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, what happened at school? Did you get in a fight? Anyone mm-hmm. get kicked out of class? Because yeah. I just loved hearing other people's stories, other people's situations because... 
yeah, it was just who I was. So kind of full circle thing comes back. That's, but no, I love the North End. No, that's it. I guess, I guess too, uh, you know, I can relate in that way. I was always looking for perspective. Were you? You know, you can you ask questions not just to understand the answer to the question, but understand the other person's perspective on it, right? And then once you get a full perspective on something, then you can really make an opinion. You know, you can yeah. really base an opinion or kind of put together, okay, this is, you know, this is what this is like or whatever. So I find, yeah, I was, I was always big to ask questions. They'd be like, what are you writing a book, man? Like, what are you, Question King? Yeah. But it, I, I honestly, I had to. I didn't have any other thing to rely on. You know, nobody else was going to sit me down and say, okay, Brent, listen, like, this is the lesson you're going to learn today, you know? Mm. So you have to look at everything, take everything as a lesson. The North End was a great place to do that. You know, you, you grew up with uh, with a great group of guys and, and you kind of go through things. I, I, I kind of look at it as going through things together. We all went through a lot of things together, you know, and I have tons and tons of amazing memories with these guys. So it's, it's uh, no, it's really cool. And, and, and to kind of get that perspective from different spots, you coming in saying, what happened at school today? It was funny because something always happened at school and it always. was pretty always crazy to, yeah. to somebody that wasn't surrounded by that. To us, it was kind of just day-to-day stuff. But, you know, I was always the same thing, being in lacrosse or hockey or whatever, somebody coming up asking and they're oh my god man are you serious like, yeah. yeah that actually did, did happen and you know but uh but no it's cool it's it's cool to get the perspective uh from somebody else right that's sick man yeah that's cool mm-hmm. i love how you can relate with someone that you've never met in your entire life that's i right. always talk about that when I, that's what i've learned so much about this podcast you can sit down with someone for an hour and just be like jesus this guy's kind of similar to me you know a lot of us are yeah get away from me i don't know you but when you sit down with someone mm-hmm. for an hour talk you're like mm-hmm. jesus christ man same guy same. you know it, it, it's it's quite incredible that's what i love about this and that's it i think that's that's super important you know you get down you you sit down with somebody where you're both open that's the big thing be open questions are asked questions are answered and it's you know knowing that uh you know, I'm not going to put a front on so that you like me and you're not going to do the same. It's just like, this is who I am and this is who you are. And then you realize, you know, very quickly that there's a lot of things that we may have in common or a lot of similarities. And you say, oh, wow, you know, I can relate to that. Or, you know, we didn't come from the same place or, you know, do the same thing. So, you know, we can be in two different industries, but yet have such a similar, you know, background or similar story. Yeah. And uh, I think that's cool. I guess to, to turn to turn the tables a bit, what do you... Um, what, what do you think was some of the biggest hurdles with, the, with, with high button and, and kind of what are the, some of the things that you're still trying to get over today with this? Jesus, that's a great question. There's like, it's the same thing with you. There's just so many. I think just trying not to spread myself too thin. There's times where I want to do five podcasts in a week, but there's also times where I want to do five street interviews a week. And right now there's only me, Doodle, Riley's only three of us. And those two guys are part-time. I'm full-time with it. So it's really coming down to you know, time management, where to put your energy. You know, there's also times where I got to make sales calls, sales emails, talk to people, pitch the high button. People are like, what the fuck's the high button, you know? So it's just spreading myself too thin. And I find if I wake up in the morning and I say, okay, Justin, here's what you're going to do from nine until lunchtime. You're just going to focus on sales emails. After lunch, you're just going to focus on networking or not networking, uh, scheduling podcasts for next week. So that's one thing I'm really trying to get better at because when we first started, my head was everywhere. Okay, I got to get t-shirts made. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And then nothing really got done. And if it did get done, it was done half ass. Mm -hmm. So right now, excuse me, right now I'm really just trying to create quality content, a quality product. And I feel that has been working these past three months. We got some advertising coming on board. Um, We've got some big guys coming on like NHL guys. And that's great for marketing, great for advertising as well. Um... So I say that's just that's the biggest problem right now is just trying to trying to manage my time, make sure I'm putting out quality content and make sure that I'm doing it on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And that's all anyone really wants to do on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if you're a car salesman. You want to be quality. 
you want to be consistent and you want you know be a good person mm-hmm. you know consistency is key i think in in anything you know when you're trying to accomplish anything it's yeah. just it's just being on it being on it you know and but man it feels good when you can uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor man like it, it it's it's something that uh, you know it might take a little longer or might you know you don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel but damn when you see that light man it it, it feels good and so you know yeah i can i can uh, i can understand that you know trying to organize yourself i think especially when you're if you're the only person that's doing it full time um you know, you in your head have a thousand things you want to get done that a you're million. All, a million, a million and that you're thinking about all night half the thing, at least in my case, I'm thinking like staying up at night being like, that's one thing I'm struggling with. That's one thing I want to use uh, marijuana for yeah. is try to sleep. I'm having trouble sleeping lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no problem waking up. A hundred percent. Jeez. I, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like I'm awake the whole night. So yeah. it's definitely, I think that's it. And I, and consuming cannabis, you know, for me, um, is, the time that I find I can really get that rest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can really, I can really chill my mind out and relax and yeah. actually go to sleep. And that's the big thing. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, uh, it's all a grind in trying to, um, you know, progress yourself forward or your business or, you know, your team or your movement or whatever it is. There's a lot of people in Halifax right now that are, that are working on something. You know, I hear people, oh, there's no opportunity in Halifax. I think the opposite. Oh yeah. I think there's so much opportunity in Halifax and it's limitless. Like there's just so much you can do anything and be the only person doing it or something, you know? And here's the thing about Halifax. It's only getting bigger. It's only getting better. It's only getting stronger. And that's in a sense of the economy. That's in the sense of a lot of things. So if you can get into a market early that hasn't been touched and you can grow and by the time, you know, you're 30, 35 and have an established business, mm-hmm. oh, look out, buddy. Look yeah. out. You, you can do some amazing things in this in this part of the world. 100%. I think, I think you know, it still stands true. Like Atlantic Canada slept on, not only by the majority of Can- the rest of Canada, but by the world. Like we're this little province and, and just, you know, speaking in the terms of my industry, you know, not a lot of people are aiming and looking or, or, you know, sending things to the East Coast. You'll get the one or two things that pop up and you try to take advantage of those opportunities. But it's good because, you know, where I'm trying to progress the brand and, and my personal brand as well. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here looking at it going, wow, I'm one of the only people that are trying to do this on in, in such a, like a vast scale on Atlanta, Canada. It's like, wow, okay, this is cool. If anybody else realizes like, you know, look at what you're trying to get into and look at how many other people are in that. Don't look at them as competition, but reach out to them at the beginning. Understand what they're doing. Understand what hurdles they're going over. And you can understand how to, you know, calibrate yourself a little bit better. But, you know, we're slept on here on the East Coast and especially in Halifax, there's a a lot of stuff moving a lot of stuff going on so if you're so if you're coming if you're coming of age now then this is the time to do that crazy thing that you thought or if you're creative you do photography drawing whatever it is like a lot of people are willing to uh, to yeah. connect with people and move forward with it right so it's not as small as you think like mm-hmm. three of the best hockey here's my situation three of the best hockey players are from here mckinnon Marchand, crosby probably mm-hmm. top three in the world mm-hmm. and that's just the top of that that's just the cherry on top mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about the ice cream, the bananas, the sprinkles, there's so much other talent here. Junior, mm-hmm. Bantam, Midget, it doesn't, there's so much talent here. And that was my business opportunity. I'm like, hey, well, no one's talking to these guys. No one's doing anything. People love hockey around mm-hmm. here. Okay. So now I have a people's attention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the downloads are going up. All right. Well, now let's switch it. Let's start talking. Let's talk to creative people. Let's talk to entrepreneurs. Let's talk to comedians. Mm-hmm. And now I still have their ear. And now I have everyone's ear. And it's only growing. And it's things like that that you, you got to think yourself. Don't don't think of, you know how you don't get me wrong. School's a great thing, but when you when you go to school, you're 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 taught to think a certain way. Think for yourself. 
think for yourself come up with your own ideas and put them to work it's it, it's i'm horny over that like i every day i wake up i'm like what the how can i shock people right now yeah you know just get horny over your your thoughts and if you can do that and put them to work oh sky's the limit it's so true it's so true i think like too like you know just looking at the type of uh, opportunity you have like where you know the three best hockey players are coming from here they would definitely i mean some of them you could definitely get them on here i already had marshawn exactly look at that like and he's not he's gonna go you know if you were just somewhere else or wherever but you say hey listen i'm from halifax and we're from and we might know these same people or whatever this is what i do why wouldn't he you know why wouldn't he take the opportunity to say you know what yeah i'll come down and and we'll we'll shoot the shit and we'll have a conversation and and those are the things that people are very scared to reach out very scared to reach out because they're they're scared to get that no i've gotten that no a million times i've gotten four no's today exactly you know don't be afraid of no 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 doesn't mean no no just means not right now not right now message me in a week maybe it's a yes a hundred percent dude and that that's such a great way to uh to to see it because yeah a lot of the time it's like oh no i can't do it right now and then the funny thing is is those people that told you no message you month later whatever go hey listen is that opportunity still available you say yeah for sure you know i'm never yeah. you know i'm just i'm always open to that and, and always open to uh you know sitting down and, and and meeting with somebody that i have absolutely no clue of their perspective or their side of things like sit sit down and let's talk about somebody that you know likes to draw or something i have no i can't even do a stick figure so it's like <laughs> let me sit down and tell me about what the hurdles are about drawing or what you need you know what you know things you had to do to to understand how to draw like you do and then you get this perspective of something you wow you know, I've never, I would have never thought that in a million years, but getting the perspective from somebody else and yeah. just willing to sit down, even sit down with somebody that has a different uh, opinion. I love to sit down with people that don't like cannabis or that don't think it should be legal or don't think that it's a, you know, as good as it is. Um, that's the people I want to sit down and have conversations with for two reasons. A, you can try to switch their opinion you try to make, try to like, you know, tell them the information that's real versus what isn't. But, uh, but, uh, you know, and at the same time, you can understand their argument so you can understand how to, you know, go to the next person. Mm. Right. And you, and you get those types of things. And again, it comes down to perspective. So it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a, it's an amazing time in Halifax, amazing time in Canada, at least, you know, for me or, or for everybody. And, uh, you know, if you're looking to get out there and do something, just get out there and do it, man, in any way, shape or form. So you won't regret it either. Exactly, 100%. We're coming up on an hour here, so I always like the last little bit to be your your plug. If you want to plug Goop Tool, say hi to friends, family, you go ahead. You uh, you deserve it. Amazing. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> no well, worries, first no off, worries. thank you for having me. This has no been uh, an awesome experience. I'm always happy to come back or do whatever you guys need for me when and you come back time. from your trip 100 percent, i'll give you the load that. yeah definitely definitely so um yeah you can uh, you can check out uh dupe tool at the or, or dupetool.com or the dupe tool on instagram facebook um you know cannabis multi-tool allows you to uh 10 different tools over 20 different ways to use it um you know caters to the consumer with an active lifestyle put in your pocket all all in one tool so uh check that out we always love the support we really uh we really rely on it because we can't um, you know, sponsor posts on Instagram so we, and, and Facebook. So we really rely on the people showing support and telling their friends about it. Um, and thank you to everybody that has, uh, you know, kind of shown us support so far. Um, shout out to the boys from the North End. And, yeah, they'll uh, be pissed if you don't show up. hundred percent. I had made sure I had to do that. I wrote it down. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Justin, thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, I really no worries, appreciate man. it. Appreciate it. All right, everyone listening, high button fans, you know, I, you know, I already love you. You know what you got to do. Go to all of our social media outlets. Like, subscribe, comment. iTunes, Facebook, SoundCloud, YouTube. I don't think I forgot any. And with that being said, we have some exciting news coming. I'm not allowed to announce it yet, but I think within, what's today, Tuesday? 
I'd probably say by Friday at the latest, if not Monday next week, uh, I'll be allowed to announce what's going on. Some really exciting stuff. The high button, I'm not going to say we're taking over, but we're, we're doing some really good things. And none of that happens unless you, the fans, are, are helping and supporting. So from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you very much. None of this is possible without you. That being said, we're out. Peace. Reel it in, I got the bag, tell a friend She got some ass, bring it in Bitch, I'm the new CNN, yeah Drippin', really got the TikTok missing. This pimpin', broke niggas got me livin' You Jordan a pippin', I'm Kobe, I'm never gon' dish it I'll miss it I'm dissing this fuck and I ain't got the time to just kick it I don't trust nobody cause I can't be fake Frontin' ain't an option cause my soul can't change And I'm tired of being humble, bitch, I feel no way It's that young nigga shit, I might pull up to your bitch, like Reel it in, I got the bag, tell a friend She got some ass, bring it in Bitch, I'm the new CNN, yeah, yeah Reel it in, I got the bag, tell a friend She got some ass, bring it in Bitch, I'm the new CNN, Jesus Christ Hallelujah I buy that shit before I even know the price hey. This 13k up on my finger, bitch, you right Them diamonds dancing, yeah, that boy be looking nice hey. I guess this what you call that motherfucker Got a Tatiana, put her in designer She Italiana, she a sorta kinda She Bjork cute, so she really fine Just sorta weird and she got some cake She give me OPP for my ODB These APC, do your ABCs I'm a young dreadhead with anxiety And I love it when a bitch nigga trying me I don't trust nobody cause I can't be fake Frontin' ain't an option cause my soul can't change And I'm tired of being humble, bitch, I feel no way It's that young nigga shit, I might pull up to your bitch, like Reel it in, I got the bag, tell a friend She got some ass, bring it in Bitch, I'm the new CNN